0: All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast MBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. A very exciting interview, something I wanted to do for a while, talking with NBA Cat Watch. I hope you non-cat lovers will still check it out Give it a listen. It's pretty interesting. I think it's pretty entertaining. If you want to support our program, the best way to do that is at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Maybe you've been a longtime listener. Maybe this season you're ready to step up and contribute $3 a month to the creation of this program. We really love all of the listeners who have done that. We have enjoyed the new signups, the new people who have joined our Slack chat. Fantasy basketball is about to start. We still have room for some people. Probably going to cut off the signups maybe October 12, October 13, just a few days before the season so we can get all the drafts done. We're getting that all worked out. If you want to join a listener fantasy basketball league, you got to sign up at that $4 a month level at patreon.com slash fast breakfast. My guest today, I don't really know anything about other than his name is Alex, but better known as NBA Catwatch. Alex, how are you?
1: Uh, good morning, Keith. How are you?
0: I am great. I am very excited. My wife doesn't listen to this podcast, but she is ecstatic for this episode. So, uh, Alex, tell me about yourself.
1: Uh, well, my name is Alex. I live in the Chicago region, and I run the website and Twitter account nba cat watch which tries to be the most successful source for nba slash cat journalism um, on the internet
0: how has that attempt to be the most successful cat based nba site gone
1: i'm the only one so i'm doing pretty well (laughs) um but uh it's it's going well it's actually a project that um i'm pretty proud of actually it started out as a joke uh, on the internet, as I think probably a lot of things do. And it just became something I took more and more seriously. And now I probably um, know more about cats owned by NBA players than anyone in the world. And I still don't even know that much. <laughs> so I think I think maybe uh, I found my niche, uh, which was perhaps the strongest thing I was able to accomplish, is getting a niche somewhere before everyone else.
0: You are really pulling the curtain back on... Cat ownership in the NBA, which does seem to be almost a hidden thing. I feel like people cover it up. I feel like it takes some deep investigative digging to find some things. You're finding sources. You're you're scouring social media for any glimpses of, of, I guess, little kitten tails and fur and ears. But before before we get into all of that cat watch stuff, we do have a tradition at our show to talk about breakfast. So I will ask you, Alex, did you have breakfast today?
1: Oh yes, I had breakfast like four hours ago.
0: Wow, we're talking uh, pretty early in the morning, uh, 10 a.m. Central Time. So uh, I don't know. You're in Chicago, so you're Central Time as well. A, a six a.m. Bre- breakfast.
1: Yeah, I uh, I ate two slices of sourdough toast with butter and Vegemite, and four cups of coffee, and then I had to spend half an hour trying to make my baby fart.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Vegemite.
1: Yeah, are you not familiar with Vegemite? No, no, Keith? no.
0: I'm sorry, I'm very familiar. Uh, Vegemite is horrific. No, uh, but no. but do you are you from Australia or something, or is this something my, you've picked up in the states?
1: My mother's Australian, okay. so I grew up, I grew up eating it. But I will say, uh, Vegemite has a bad rap in the United States <laughs> because people people don't know how to be minimal with it, and if you. Toast your to- toast, your slice of bread, yeah. and then uh, lay down a nice layer of butter, and then a thin veneer of Vegemite, <laughs> uh, just a hint. Then it becomes really good. People. Uh, People, when you see people trying it, they're uh, laying on a big spoonful and putting it in their in their mouth. You wouldn't take a big spoonful of Nutella. Oh, actually, wait, you would. I would. With Nutella. Uh, but with Vegemite, uh, minimalism is sort of the way to go, and it's very good. I would urge everyone who has maybe taken a big old honkin' bite of Vegemite and hated it to reconsider and go with it on toast and butter, and you will grow to like it. I, I might try it. You don't know this about me, but I have a sweet tooth, so
0: I am a breakfast man. Yes, all the Nutella on top of everything, trying to trick me into eat Vegemite. You no, know, I can't. There's no small amount, I think, that'll uh, make <laughs> me happy with my breakfast. Uh, I assume you're a cat owner. Do you have a cat? Yes, I have two cats. So your two cats. Do you ever give them a breakfast treat? Is there anything you ever give them that might uh, qualify as a breakfast outside of just their traditional daily cat food?
1: everything's breakfast or I don't, know. I always wonder about the fact that do they consider having different meals or is everything just the same meal? Uh, I will give them tiny pieces of cheese if they're into it. Um, But besides that, it's just the same old weird smelling cat food that uh, you plop onto the bowl and shudder every time it touches your hand for some reason, which I don't know why, but I don't know if other people who own cats have this problem, but uh, for some reason when you're kind of scooping it out of the can uh, getting it on yourself when you're trying to push it out of – this is wet food, by the way. Yeah. When you're, to, <laughs> when you're trying to push it off of the spoon, something's so gross about doing that. But I don't know why. Oh, I don't, I don't think it's confusing. It's you're, you're shoving a Vegemite-like hunk of wetness you know, in a bowl. That's gross. My grandma's cat actually ate Vegemite. <laughs> uh, I tried it. Neither of my cats are interested in Vegemite. Though. It's because you have American cats. Um, <laughs> yeah, how old are your cats? I don't know because I got them both from animal shelters. Okay. Um, so one is old and one is young, and that's about as relative as I can get here.
0: <laughs> well, what was the inspiration for you to start NBA Cat Watch?
1: Sure. Well, like I said earlier, uh, I started out as a joke. It was a joke on my Twitter account when I wrote to the classical. Do you remember the classical when they were uh, when they were just starting up? Yes. Uh, the sports writing website, and I just made a joke to them offhand about a census of NBA cat owners and. It was just an offhanded dumb joke and the more I started to think about it though, I kind of got interested and in, um, I'd watch a basketball game and I'd wonder, I wonder if anyone playing on the court right now has a cat and what their life is like and what that cat's name is and do they enjoy spending time with it and so on and so forth. So I started doing a little bit of research to see if anyone had tried to figure out which NBA players owned cats and I found that no one was doing that. And I kind of just got interested in it, and it became, like I said, it was a joke that I started to take more and more seriously, and the more I've tried to actually do like um, IRL journalism about it, the more fun and ridiculous the project has been, um, but also the more rewarding. So
0: is there any player that when you were watching them play, you thought, oh yeah, that guy
1: is definitely a cat owner? And did that ever turn out to be the case? Um, it hasn't been the case because I really think Pau Gasol's probably... Pau Gasol and Matt Bonner uh, are the two players who I've looked at and thought, these are probably cat people, and I haven't seen any indication of that either way. Uh, or, Well, I haven't seen any indication of cat ownership on either of those two players, but they do seem like the most likely still to this day, I think.
0: I think I agree with you. I feel like... I see it with Paul Gasol. I am a Grizzlies fan. I can definitely see him being a cat owner. Matt Bonner, I can see it going both ways. I can see him. Maybe he's just like a big, big old husky hunting dog kind of guy and doesn't even doesn't even mess around with cats. I feel like one that I think you've you've uncovered, Robin Lopez, he struck he's always struck me as a cat owner. So when it turned oh, out yeah. he had a cat, I'm like, oh, yeah, that definitely makes sense.
1: oh, yeah. both both Lopez brothers are extremely cat people. As you can see, they actually created Instagram accounts for both of their cats. Uh, and we're writing or posting Instagrams uh, in the voices of their cats as like a sort of a rhetorical device, which I always appreciate when people do this.
0: I could almost see someone breaking type or breaking mold in being a cat owner. It seems like maybe like a Russ Westbrook or a, a Tony Allen or someone who you're like, that guy is tough. And then you're like, oh, no, no, he's all about the cat lifestyle.
1: Well, the th- the dilemma here is what makes an NBA player a cat owner? Is there a personality profile? Is there some sort of psychological uh, amalgamation you could put together uh, to point you towards looking at individuals to see if they're cat owners? And from what I could tell, I don't know if there is. That would really be helpful in helping me figure out uh, who would it be. So when I first started uncovering cats, so the first ones I, my initial sort of sketches when I would find something like Manu Ginobili having a cat, Uh, Tony Parker having a cat. Uh, So that's extremely spursy. Mike Miller having a cat. So I started to think, okay, well, this is probably just older players that tend to have like families, uh, not young players who tend to be cat owners. So that's what I was sort of running with for a little while. But then recently, I'd say the last five or six cats that I've found have been owned by younger players that um don't necessarily have like a family around to take care of that cat so that's kind of blown that out of the water you know ben simmons has one to three cats we're still not really sure about that um a story just came out recently that um both henry ellenson and michael binnage uh (laughs) deep deep cuts yeah both of them have cats although actually my Michael Binajay had two cats, but then he had to get rid of them because he was allergic. Uh, so there's a sad update. Uh, <laughs> Russ, Russ Smith had two cats. So there's not, as of yet, a portrait I can have um, on what makes someone more likely to own a cat. I you know I also collect cat uh, information on cat fearers or cat dislikers. And s- similarly there, I kind of can't make heads or tails over what it is that makes a person either like and own a cat or dislike a cat within the NBA.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Russ Smith. He's a guy I wanted to talk about. Uh, he, he created, I know, is it, what it's Mr. Whiskers and he has another one. Didn't he create no,
1: Mr. Quackers, Mr. Quackers. Of course. Mister. He, he had two long haired Persians. Um, I'm bummed out about this story actually, because they were my favorite uh, NBA cats. So he had an account for Mr. Quackers. And then he also had miss meow. And um, he would sort of like write in the voice of Mr. Quackers. And he, came up with a hashtag for Mr. Quackers, which was a uh, hashtag stuck up. <laughs> and so I, I feel like he was the player who understood cats and life with cats and the psychology of a cat, uh, perhaps more than any other NBA player. Uh, but since – geez, let me actually look this up. He has not posted under Mr. Quackers, and I've seen no indication of information from Mr. Quackers since – February of 2016, uh, and actually this morning before our talk, I was looking that up um, to see if I could find anything. There's sort of been this uh, trend happening where players, even you know the Loprez brothers too, will be pretty active about a cat on social media and post, 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 and it's just wonderful, and then just radio silence for months and months and months. Um, I have a folder on my desktop <laughs> called known cats, that it is just a folder that links to every single Instagram uh, post by a cat owned by an NBA player or an NBA player. And none of these Instagrams have been updated in so long. It's a real bummer. The last one, it was my hope, was JaVale McGee uh, was still posting, and then he has stopped since. Um, he has a cat named Raja, who is a hairless sphinx, and the last post from Raja was April 20th. So we've seen uh, 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 slow times in the world of uh, NBA cat Instagrams.
0: You don't think this is
1: in reaction to your prying eye, do you? Do no, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, I would hope not. and Because, I, you know, that's actually one thing that is something I at least try to be a little bit careful about uh, when I'm posting. Because, like, you know, I'm just looking through people's lives, and, you know, obviously they share it on Instagram, but I try to be careful about privacy, perhaps not as much for the players, um, but I spend, and this is sort of like the creepier journalistic side that I try not to um, post too much about, but you also spend a lot of time looking at like girlfriends uh, or wives or family members' pages. And so I try to be very careful to not sort of blow up um, other people's lives too much. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I try to always be respectful and I actually, to be honest with you, I think almost no players know about NBA Cow watch. <laughs> I, it's very, very few my interactions with NBA players. Um, it's a lot of me writing to them yeah. uh, But in terms of it coming back the other way. It's uh, it's pretty rare that I actually get someone.
0: Yeah. Have you been following Russ Smith and his exploits in China? Cause that would, that would yeah. be a question for me could he take Mr. Quackers to China or did he have to leave him in the States? Because he's been over there. He averaged 60 points per game, you know, l- last season in the Chinese Basketball Association. So you, you have been following his exploits overseas?
1: Yeah, I, um, if I, let me see. If I type in my search bar, Russ, um, <laughs> immediately it autocompletes from my history as Russ Smith Cat, Russ Smith Quackers, Russ Smith Meow. And because uh, he was in the, I've I've seen no indication. He still owns the cats, which is sort of a bummer. Yeah Um, and this is the kind of thing where I'm I Wouldn't want someone bugging me if my cat died or if I got rid of it who was a stranger on the internet to sort of like rehash that so I'm kind of I Try to be a little bit sensitive about things where I think cats have either died or have had to be adopted But I still want to you know in the interest of NBA cat journalism. I want to get to the bottom of the story so I, I'm still digging, um, <laughs> I still, I still make inquiries. Um, but if I can't find anything, I try not to be too forceful.
0: Uh, you could always add, uh, maybe an in memoriam tab. I have one. I oh, you have, have one. one. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have, um, I have, so I also on, so this is on my nbacatwatch.com slash cats page. Yeah. I have a list of all the cats owned by NBA players. I have a list of NBA cat people. Who have either owned cats in the past or families have cats. Um, I have the fears, dislikers, and then recently I've added cat allergy sufferers and <laughs> an in memoriam section. Um, so I've actually uncovered a total of four NBA cats who have uh, since passed to the rainbow bridge.
0: Well, that shows that shows my lack of, of journalistic, uh, I guess, follow through by not oh. n- not visiting and checking out the uh, the in memoriam section keep scrolling it's at the bottom of okay the okay in your search for this cat information have you come across any particular allies players or reporters who who have helped you out
1: oh yeah actually that was a thing that i've started doing more in the past year because essentially it's just one random person on twitter asking nba players the same question over and over and over, and over again so i started reaching out to journalists to see if they could help because they um, you know, obviously have more access and certain ones seem to be more willing to help than others, and that's been really successful. So the first big scoop I ever got was Kristen Ludlow broke the news of Tony Parker's cat's name, and that was something I was searching for for weeks. Someone had told me that Tony Parker had a cat, and then I asked them where they saw it, and they told me it was in a French documentary about him. And, and actually, no, I have to go back even further than that. Someone sent me a 2000 and, oh geez, it must've been one of the early Spurs titles. So it was maybe, it was the page that was built for the NBA finals in maybe 2003, 2004, whichever one of those was a, a Spurs final, Spurs bearing the finals. And in there, there was information that said, Tony Parker owns six, or owns four cats. So immediately that's something that I'm going to jump on. And I I don't think that that information would just be placed there without sort of some sort of verification because it was on NBA.com. So I actually reached out. I figured out who was running the website when that was posted. And I tried to get them to figure that out for me. If they could tell me who wrote this, no dice there. Uh, So then I started – Asking questions just online, trying to get in touch with people, and someone said, "Yes, I saw a I saw a cat in a French documentary about Tony Parker." So it turns out on YouTube there are two French language documentaries about Tony Parker. I watched both of them, <laughs> and I was midway through the second one, so I'd just been doing this all night, I was yeah. just very closely watching this YouTube documentary. Um, and there was a cat just walking nonchalantly through a hallway for. Maybe half a second. So I got (laughs) really excited about that. It was in his house. So I thought, okay, well, obviously, once I can confirm that somebody has a cat, then the next thing you have to do is find out their name. So I contacted, obviously, I wrote to Tony Parker, but nothing happened there. I contacted his press people, I contacted his agent, I contacted Spurs PR. Someone got in touch with me who was a, who claimed, to have been a, uh, a cat sitter for Tony Parker. But I feel like that might be crossing some sort of ethical boundary uh, between cat owner and cat sitter. So I didn't inquire any further there. I felt like I could still get this on my own. I might have gone back to that person if I never got anything. Um, then I went to the... I started writing the French TV crew who went out there for this. And the production company didn't get anywhere there. I contacted Fat Joe... Because Fat Joe was in this documentary, and apparently he plays basketball at Tony Parker's house. Um, no word from Fat Joe. So finally, I reached out to Kristen Ledlow, who has been friendly to NBA Cat Watch and has been helpful. Uh, she's sort of like a break-in case of emergency thing, you know. I don't right. want to rely. I don't want to rely on these people, uh, on like actual journalists. I don't want to rely on their time too much. So I had her. Uh, I just asked her, hey, could you get me the name of Tony Parker's cat? And this is – and, like, again, this – what I had – what I've just sketched out for – it was probably about two weeks of me trying to find this. At one point, actually, I had printed out letters to various members of the San Antonio Spurs staff, and <laughs> I had – and I, I know this is a team that's very sort of tight-lipped with their information. So I would printed out letters to, I don't know, it was probably 10 or 15 NBA uh or our Spurs staff members, and then I had just given them, I explained what I was trying to do, and I just said, can you, if you know the name of Tony Parker's cat, can you please write it on this little piece of paper, and I gave them a self-addressed stamped envelope to send back to me so it would be very secret, and <laughs> I had that sitting on my desk. I hadn't put the stamps on yet, and I wrote to Kristen just to sort of give that a last uh, minute try, and she came back with that information in under an hour, oh. which... Very humbling to me. So I don't know how. So because of her connections, I found out that the cat's name was Cece. Cece. Uh,
0: so all
1: right. Since then, I have been trying harder to reach out to cat-friendly NBA journalists. Um, I had Adam Rubin um, in DC ask Andrew Nicholson about his cats Frisker, or Frisket, and Whiskers, who we found out in a video that Adam took um, are both dead. That um, that,
0: that actually was a. Uh... I mean, I know it's sad. Also, very funny video. Uh, I don't, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know how you feel as someone a little closer to the uh, subject, but when I saw that video, it was one of those. Oh no! But I also was laughing.
1: Uh, yeah. If you if you see that video and it was uh, Liddell's Laddell's place on Twitter posted that at Liddell's place, um, it. You know, there was a moment of reckoning for me to actually see because all of this happens all of the work of NBA cat watch basically just happens in like my tiny office by myself drinking like a diet Coke and just tweeting at NBA players. But to see a player asked about their dead cats in the locker room after a game and just watching them processing, being asked about this uh, really did put a new dimension on my work. And I, uh, (laughs) it made me think of like, Oh, maybe this is a, a little bit less of a, big deal to other people than it is to me (laughs) but we got but we got the scoop so i was like definitely very thankful to adam
0: yeah what's your what's your nba background do you have a you have a favorite team or favorite player
1: i do not have any allegiance to any sort of historical or geographic teams um i liked sports a lot when i was a you know a teenager And I sort of like, that was the golden era of like, you know, watching sports center before you go to school Mm -hmm. and I was really into sports. But then once I left, uh, high school and went to, you know, for, I spent about 10 years having no interest at all in professional sports, not just following nor college sports, just not following and not really being interested. Um, and then I randomly, a friend of my, a friend of ours just had tickets to a bulls game um, and this was, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, maybe. And then they just said, Hey, do you want to go? And like, I had not been to a game. I'd not engaged with sports in any way. Um, and then I said, you know, you know, I'll, I'm not going to turn down something for free. So I just started like reading a little bit about basketball and sort of re-engaging with it. And I think a lot of that was through Free Darko and a lot of those sort of like interesting writing, writing that bubbled up a little bit, you know, after the 2000s. Um, that sort of looked at basketball in kind of like unique, funny, interesting, engaging ways. Um, There's sort of like that little mini-enlightenment of sports writing, and I got really into that, and it was like a good way to engage with basketball through them. So since then, I've kind of taken on that sort of – the philosophy, their sort of – their philosophy of looking at basketball sort of perhaps – Uh, through a little bit more, I want to say, I don't want to say disinterested, but it's sort of a dispassionate uh, glimpse. I live in Chicago. Um, I not interested in the bulls. Um, (laughs) can't blame you. you. I, uh, in terms of a favorite player, uh, growing up, my favorite player was Dennis Rodman. Um, because I appreciate iconoclasm. I appreciate bad attitudes. I appreciate trash talking. Um, all of those things I think are wonderful and interesting parts of basketball. Um, Nowadays, in terms of... I, I root more for situations, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting sort of dynamics happening within teams. That stuff's really interesting to me. And I will say that um, all I want is what's best for DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Dennis Rodman also, he was my first favorite player. This was like back in the 80s when he was... Uh, before his first tattoo, when he's on the Pistons, he, he, was, wow. my, he was my favorite player. Um, so I first came across NBA Catwatch. Just you know, on Twitter, I saw the logo—a very funny logo with uh, it's the NBA logo with a cat silhouette in- instead of Jerry West. Thought it was funny, so I bought myself a shirt, bought my wife a shirt, uh, and then I was fo- I- I followed you on Twitter for a while. Uh, the funniest thing that happened to me, which again I-, I need to hear your side of it and your story of what happened. On February third of this year, you tweeted, "My wife just opened an envelope with a twenty-two thousand PayPal tax statement. Pray for NBA Cat Watch, you guys." So, uh, again, I guess in the similar uh, gallows humor of Andrew Nicholson revealing his cats were dead, I thought that tweet was hilarious, even though it seemed like you were suddenly in some perilous tax situation. So what happened with all that?
1: Okay, so a little bit of background. I sell merchandise um, with the NBA Cat Watch logo, uh, shirts. I also have done beer koozies, and I've done socks. And 100% of the profits I get from NBA I watch merchandise go to animal shelters. I don't keep any of the money. um, And so far, I've donated almost $16,000 to different animal shelters, uh, usually $500 at a a time to a ranch shelter uh, somewhere in the United States. And doing this has made me take the project a lot more seriously because I can see that I'm sort of like impacting something besides just knowing which NBA players own cats. And that's like really driven me. And it's been a big important, important part of the project um, Because I'm seeing, you know, this real-world impact. And uh, that's been really great. But I always worked under the assumption that if you're doing something good for the world, um, you can fly under the radar tax-wise. <laughs> and that, it turns out, is not true. Um, because I was out one night, and my wife sent me a text message saying to call her, and then I called her. And she opened a PayPal statement. And it turns out that if you make more than... Twenty thousand dollars in a year uh, via PayPal, or do two hundred transactions in a year, then automatically a tax statement is trigger is created and the IRS is notified. Yeah, Um, I did not plan on this, and you know, I never thought that merchandise sales would be that big. Uh, Even when I started, I didn't. I kind of just never paid attention to how it kept getting bigger and bigger. Uh, So yeah, so all and my wife had already uh, finished our taxes and submitted them. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so all of a sudden we were hit with like another $20,000 and like, you know, I don't have any of that money. Right. Um, all of the money goes to buying the shirts, printing the shirts, um, mailing them or, uh, donating to animal shelters. I tried to, I like, I worked very hard to have a zero balance there. Um, so that was bad. So luckily, uh, someone I work with is also an accountant And I had to sort of like bring over a giant amount of files for them and receipts all over the place. And he was able to dig through my taxes and kind of get me right. So I had to suspend sales for a little while. Um, Then I also sort of like looked into, is it worth creating a nonprofit and sort of like did a lot of like number crunching to figure out how this project could sort of be more sustainable and grow more in the future. And so I, I got sorted out after a couple months. So I was uh, back to doing sales. So I'm pretty excited about that. And coming up by uh, tip off of this season, uh, I'm going to have hoodies available for sale and I'm working with a specific uh, charity, a specific animal shelter to have that up and going. And I should have more information about that soon. But yeah, I'm finally sorted. And my wife, was mad at me but how mad can you be if someone's just giving all this money out on shelters she couldn't be that mad for that long so we got over it <laughs> that's good you got over it I, it, it makes me think of shay serrano with his
0: foh army where he raises money i'm always very very worried for him i feel like uh around this last hurt one of his rounds of hurricanes he raised something like a quarter of a million dollars where people just venmoed him and i was like I'm so nervous. We're like, is the IRS going to put Shea Serrano in prison because you know he got sent two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which he then gave all away, or you know he gave he gave to charity. So hopefully, hopefully, someone will take care of uh, all of his tax problems. Like, uh,
1: yeah, Shea, Shay, if uh, you need to know an account who could help you out, I have uh, I have one in my phone.
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, so you guys, um, everybody can go to nbacatwatch.com dot buy some gear, buy some merch. I own socks and shirts. Uh, they're really awesome. And again, you know all that money is going to animal shelters. Alex, is there anything else we missed? Is there any good cat stories you need to wrap up with?
1: Um, I just found a cat owned by Chetty Osman. That was the most recent cat I found. Oh, uh, is, so this, is this breaking? Uh, yeah, this happened like maybe two days ago. Oh, nice. Uh, so I, someone got in touch with me. And like again, I, I still, I think there's a disproportionate high amount of euro players as cat owners um compared to sort of like they're their, their spread in the league uh so someone wrote to me and they well one thing back when you were saying who are the people who help you out and i named a bunch of journalists but really the most helpful people are just other people on twitter uh, and snapchat and instagram who send me times when they find a cat and apparently chetty osman had a Instagram story where he had a cat pictured. So I wrote to him uh, in Turkish via Google Translate to ask if he had a cat. (laughs) Someone got back in touch with me and they said, oh, yeah, this guy has a cat. His mom posts about it all the time. So I he pointed me towards his mom's Instagram. So I was able to confirm that he had a cat named Smokey or his family does. Um, So really just getting tips from random people is super helpful um, also, you guys, if anyone ever gets the chance to talk to Jeff Withy, Uh Jeff Withy posted two cats, India and Gaza, once uh, around the end of last year, and I've never heard anything from them since. So I'm still trying to get information from that. And then there's also a Ben Simmons mystery where he either has one, two, or three cats. I'm still not sure how many. If anyone gets a chance to talk to Ben Simmons Um, I don't even know the name of the second cat um, out of the third. So there's still ongoing mysteries. If you ever have any angles, if you find out any information about any NBA player owning a cat or liking a cat, please let me know at NBA Cat Watch.
0: That's great. It seems like you'd be a Sixers fan with the raise the cat
1: slogan that they've been adopting. Yes, I appreciate that. And the Sixers Sixers actually have, and part of it is maybe because of the roster turnover during the process, Um, but they had a bunch of cat owners come through that city and then have left, um, but JJ Redick used to have a cat, and Ben Simmons, like I said, has one, two, three cats, and Lexi Shved had a cat. So I think if you were to look at which team has had the most has had the most cumulative cats in the last three or four years, it's probably the Sixers. But um, Spurs have been the steadiest cat owners uh, in terms of like long term steady success. Um, so yeah, I. In terms of like basketball allegiances, though, this doesn't affect who I root for. In fact, some of my favorite players um, don't like cats uh, and are scared of cats. In fact, um, one of my Zach Randolph uh, is who's one of also my favorite basketball players ever uh, has a phobia of cats, and um, he said, "quote If a cat walks up, I'm if a cat walks up, I'm going." Oh, no, this dude about to scratch me. I know it. Cats <laughs> scare the hell out of me. I love animals, but I'm no cat lover. That's a bummer. I don't hold this against Zach Randolph at all.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. You might need to, with this, all the Spurs ownership of cats, you might need to work on your next thing, like a correlation of cat ownership to wins to see if there's any kind of kind of relation there.
1: Well, I will just say uh, six out of the last seven teams that have won NBA championships have had a cat owner on the roster. Pretty good. Uh, so it's two the way well, let's see the two heat teams because um, Mike Miller is a cat owner and then the Spurs, Warriors, um, Cleveland didn't have a cat owner although they do now with Chetty Osman, and then uh, the Warriors again. So there I mean I don't know uh, I don't know the math about that but I would say that's a pretty encouraging number
0: and yet another reason to cheer against the Cavaliers. No,
1: no, because they have one now because of Chetty Osmond.
0: Oh, that's right. Chetty Chetty Bang Bang. I forgot. (laughs) That's the the nickname we're trying to get to catch on for Chetty Osmond. Good luck with that. Well, Alex, (laughs) thanks so much for your time. Anything else you need to plug or do we we get it all done?
1: No. uh, Just anyone, if you ever find out about a cat, please let me know. Uh, I'm always open to tips.
0: That's perfect. Thanks a bunch, Alex.
1: Thanks, Keith. And please give Vegemite a try for real this time. (laughs) Will do. Well,
0: that was a fun time. Thanks to Alex for his time. Seems like maybe there's a problem with American masculinity in the NBA player and their avoidance of cats. But it's good to know those Euro guys have, have no issue with that. Very comfortable with cats. So you guys all go to mbacatwatch.com and support him, support animal shelters. Get yourself some Cat Watch gear so you can fit in with me and Christian Ledlow and others. All right, if you want more fast break breakfast, you can get that at patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. You can like us on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at fast break break. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, never apologize for being TNG. Fast break break, man. You understand?